Glory. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. There's a bride of Jesus Christ. She's rising up. Hallelujah. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. We're not a defeated people. Ah, we're an overcoming bride of Jesus Christ, rising in power as Satan falls and is cast down. There's a bride ascending. Amen. How many is part of that ascending? Amen. It's a rapture hour. It's a rapture day. We are part of a great ascending. How wonderful. Amen. God bless you. Amen. I'm going to let you be seated just for a moment. We just want to worship the Lord together as we um, reflect on this part of the service here today. And uh, we have something very special that is going on today. We have, um, we have a Brother Ben Steeman that is here. And um, he has asked uh, Adriana Pruitt to be his wife. And so to, we want to announce their wedding engagement. Will you come down to the front? Amen. And it's going to take place somewhere around, um, well, we're, we're planning for October the 30th. Amen. So um, we're, what we believe that day will work out for us all. And amen, what a wonderful opportunity that we have, to, you know, to present one of our, our young ladies here at the church to a young man from Brother Danny Steeman's church. And uh, Ben is Brother Danny's nephew. And of course, everybody knows Adriana's my granddaughter. So it's very special. It's my first. And so she'll be the first of probably others that will come along and want to get married too. And you know, I stood very, at this very similar place many years ago, and um, the Lord has blessed us with a union with four children, and now the, the four children have grandchildren, and now we got one old enough to marry. So we're thankful for the Lord and for the testimony that God has given, amen, and the blessing that he's had upon our family. I want you all to come right here, right over this way, please. Stand right here. I'm going to bless you in the name of Jesus. Father, at this awesome moment, we bring Ben and Adriana before you, two young people that gave their heart to the Lord and now desire to, to be married and with holy matrimony and Lord, we thank you for keeping them pure, holy, and righteous. We thank you for the precious gift of the Holy Ghost you gave them. So they acquired that first. Lord, and now, Father, they find the next best thing, and that's a good mate. And I just pray in the name of Jesus, as I lay my hands upon them, that you will bless them and the union that is to come. And you bless them in this time of engagement and the plans for the wedding. And Lord, you bless them with health and strength. And Lord, you'll just come. 
we'll forfeit any plan for the meeting in the air. We're looking to you, Lord. We ask your blessings upon us today. Speak, Lord, to our hearts. Speak to theirs, Lord, and lead them and give them guidance. Lord, I ask them, I ask for special leadership upon their life. Especially, Lord, where they will reside. You can give them leadership. Sons of God are led by the Spirit. We'll dare not influence that, Lord. We'll just put it in your hands and ask that you'll guide them. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Bind us together. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together. Bind us. with love. Amen. Amen. We have something. Thank you. We have, well, just wait just a minute. Um, so we have something here I just wanted to speak about this morning before that we go into the message. And um, uh, I have a few little photographs I'll be showing you just uh, in a moment. But, um, you know, the, we have um, something that I spoke to you about many years ago and that I want to kind of bring to your attention today just one more time. And um, as, as you know, we believe in divine healing. And there's healing no matter which way you go because the Bible says he heals all diseases. There's never a disease God doesn't heal. Some years ago, I was looking at the, the aspects of the Holy Spirit as he delivers. And as you know, down through the church ages there, he has anointed, um, the, he has anointed um, men and, and the different ages, different times, uh, with a portion of his spirit, and it's reflected in the four living creatures. And that is the lion, the ox, the man, and the eagle. And, uh, of course, when the white horse rider went forth, which was, uh, was like Christ, but it was the Antichrist, the deceiving spirit, God raised up um, and turned the face of the, of the uh, living creature toward the church. And they had great faith as a lion. And they had tenacity to hold on to the promise and to call those that, were, that said they were apostles and were not and found them liars and called them false apostles. And so they had you know, men with great faith and there was great miracles and signs and wonders that followed that and uh, was influenced by that. And then, of course, you know, it changed from the white to the red and Satan comes in and he changes his form and, 
And now he bloodies the white horse with a, uh, with a sword, and, and there are millions that are killed um, as the power of state got behind the, the church, and it formed into the Catholicism, and there were 68 million that were killed um, during those horrible times. And, and, um, and so the, the ox anointing gave them the power to overcome in that age. So it wasn't a different Holy Spirit or a different living creature or aspect of God. It was the same one, but he just turned another face. And he looked there toward them in that time, and they willingly gave their lives. And sometimes you wonder how in the world could men and women give their lives like they did, and even their children would die, and, and their wife or husband would be killed, and all of these things. It was, you know, a horrible time. How could they do it? Well, because they were anointed to do so. And they had the calf anointing there, which was a sacrificial animal, and they willingly gave their life. And then, of course, the, the way the enemy attacked it changed, and he comes as the black horse rider and begins to, um, begins to bring, again, charging money for the staff of life. And, and it started the dark ages, and there would be a horrible time where truth was sequestered and and uh, you know it um, was a time of great darkness where um, the light of God's word was dimmed and and God gave them the again turned it as the enemy came he turned it a different way and another face looked toward the uh, church and it was the a man and with the man anointing, it was the intelligence of a man. And God would use men like Luther with the Gutenberg Press. Um, and they would put the Bible in the hands of the common people in the language instead of Latin, which nobody could read. Had to have a priest read for you or being hid away in the cloisters of some monastery. The Bible, now every person could have the Bible. In their common language, they were printed in the in the German language, and then from there into English. You know, Tyndale and many others would give their lives for this book that you hold. Don't you ever take it for granted? Men died, gave their life, so you could have it in your language, and that you could read it. Don't neglect it. Amen. Men's blood was spilled over for that. And with the intelligence of a man, God gave us the Bible in print. And so with that, it overcame the darkness of that age with the light of the glorious Word of God. And so uh, then, of course, you know the last anointing there would be when we come to the Laodicean age, it would be the eagle anointing. And to overcome that, God would send an eagle anointing. He would send the prophet that he would come to, to, to bring us into realms where all things are possible to them that believe. And so, you know, again, the eagle is the only one that doesn't have to worry about crossing the river, right? He flies right over the top of it. And it speaks of him as a flying eagle specifically. Because it indicates that we're going to have a rapture in this age. So we are in a rapture now and a rapture in time under an eagle anointing. Right? 
And so as I looked at that some years ago and thought about it, that this is God's way of deliverance, that sometimes, you know, in our, in our troubles, our trials, the problems we have, that God will, will look upon us and the, the, the face of the living creature, God's anointing will turn toward us as we, as we pray, and sometimes it'll be the great faith, a lion, ferocious, a tenacious, courageous, holding on to a promise. Now, the, these four living creatures were the same as, um, as the emblems of the, four tri- of, the, of the heads of the tribes of Israel. They would, there would be four of them and three tribes on each side that would be guards around the, the tabernacle. And so Judah would be under the lion, Dan under the eagle, and, and so on like that. And, and with them, that would be the banner and three tribes there with them as they gathered around. And so this, the same thing now, um, these are the guards there. And when God, his anointing comes, a lot of times for us for healing, it'll be the lion anointing. Or sometimes it will be the other side, uh, of the, uh, the opposite side, which will be the eagle anointing. And that's the miracle. It just snatches you right out in a moment. And, you know, one moment you're this way and the next moment you're, you know, it's different. It's when, it's like with my wife when the, when, and with little Drew sitting at the end of the bed in one moment. You know, the eagle anointing there, that miraculous took place. Her eyesight came back. Little Drew run all over the house. Never been able to walk. 18 months old, couldn't pull up, couldn't, couldn't um, hardly stand alone, could not take steps. So, you know, you had, you had that, that eagle anointing is the miraculous. And then you have times, like when my wife went through the brain bleed a year ago and doctors didn't give us any hope and they called me in the middle of the night and said, should we evacuate the blood from her brain? And, you know, and I, and I held her life in my hands just for a moment and said, yes, by all means do that. And the face turned around toward the intellect and God used doctors and God uses doctors amen and and so and it looked that way and evacuated the blood and you know the story she came home she's lived now a year it's been wonderful that we have had this this time but there there is one more and sometimes the face of the anointing which is the calf or ox anointing turns around and when you pray and, and it's death. But you see, death doesn't change God's healing. You understand? He still heals all diseases. In fact, it's a greater healing than any because it takes you from here, from suffering, into a place, into a dimension that is beyond, you know, anything that you could ever imagine, that your heart could ever dream about. No yesterdays or tomorrow. Young, and as I saw my mother, just young, her face so tight, no wrinkles, a beautiful white garment there, and I thought, you know, who is this young girl? And, you know, and I said, it looks like my mother, but who, who could this be? And I looked at Brother Ron standing there, and he said, why? I said, Brother Ron, that, that looks just like my mother. And he, she spoke up, and she said, it is me, Tim. And I've come to tell you, 
you're well thought of over here. And I'm sorry for all the trouble I caused you. So, you know, um, we know just one breath away is total divine healing. And one day it'll be that for us. Even we that are living and alive and remain, total divine healing. Now, because sometimes that it, you know, doctors give up hope, which the intelligence of man says, we can't help you. And, you know, we're, we're doing everything we can to hold on with tenacity as a lion or, you know, or to trusting for a miracle of the eagle. You know, but let me just say this to you as we think of this. You know, we, we know it won't be the intelligence of a man because they've given up. But Brother Branham said, uh, sometimes he said, it turns dark around the people and I know they're not going to live. But I don't say it because prayer could change that again. And let me just say again, he repeats it again, the same thing. A lot of times I see it turn dark under the people and I say, well, go on and may the Lord bless you or something like that because prayer could change it. So even if it looks like, you know, the anointing is looking this way and it looks like death is, you know, looks uh, our direction or the ox anointing, it looks our direction, prayer can change it. So we're standing there believing and trusting and expecting and knowing that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you might wonder, so well, what are you going to do if Sister Karen dies? I'm going to keep preaching divine healing. Amen. I'm going to still preach that Jesus saves and he delivers. Because my Jesus is the Lord who heals every disease and there's even healing and death. But let me tell you this. She can't die. She died a long time ago. Give me a picture of number one, please. And she died a long time ago. And then, as I told you, I preached from the church age book many years ago. I still have this book, picture number two. This is my church age book, which I preached two series from to this church where that I took a hundred and 25, 30 sermons, sometimes preach on only a line, and took this book, as you can see, it's well-worn, and I've studied it since I was a boy. We cut our teeth on this church age book. When, when we, uh, in 1965, we received our first copies at the, at the Freeport meetings when Brother Branham was there, there were copies of that that were brought to the meetings. And we got our first copies there, or, or right shortly thereafter. And, and mother and dad got us, every one, a book, a church age book personally. And this was my book. We sat around as a family because we had no place to go. We had been put out by our church who had voted to join a denomination. And we were against denomination. And so we came out and... and um, I was only 11 years old when I got this book. But anyway, we got this, we, we, we came out and we had no place to go. We sat in the living room and we read this book along with our Bibles, paragraph by paragraph. And, and we read it as a family, each one of us taking a paragraph and reading. My youngest brother learned to read on the church age book. 
And, and so, you know, we helped him stumble through uh, all the words and everything else. So, you know, I did this. But I want you to know, in one of those services, give me the last one, on April the 11th, 1976, the Holy Spirit fell in the church as I was preaching on the church age book, taking it in the series. And my wife, Karen, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so, you know, she can't die. She's eternal. The devil can't take her from us. Amen. She can only just change dwelling places. Now, I want you to stand together with me because we're going to prayer now. And, and uh, as we go to prayer, I have in my hands two little handkerchiefs that are going to go to South Africa. There's a brother, Trium, that is near the Cape, and, and he, he, he has, um, he has a going blind, and he has, there's another brother there with cancer, a brother, Ernest Scotsman, and they're asking for prayer, for believers' prayers today. And we're going to pray together as, as we pray. And maybe you've got a need on your heart today, and you say, Lord, will you pass by my way today too? Let's talk to him. Father, we love you today. And we do believe. That's what believers do. I remember, Lord, when the miraculous took place and I spoke those words to my children in the, in the waiting room of the ICU five years ago and said, we're not going to fear, we're going to believe. Because that's what we do. We are believers and believers believe. She, and then, Lord, you honored that and it came out of my mouth for I knew what I was saying. She'll be in the ICU room tonight. She'll be in a regular room tomorrow night. And the next night, she'll be at home in her own bed. Lord, it came to pass just like you said. I didn't even manipulate it. I didn't even request it. It happened just that way. Father, you're still God. And we're still believing. We're your believing children today, even though doctors give up. No, we know it won't be the the face of a man with his intelligence. We don't know how it will be, but we know this, that even if death looks at it, we do know, Lord, that our prayers can change it. That just in a moment, just in a moment, seemed, Lord, it was just a moment when Hezekiah was told his time was up. And before he could get across the courtyard, God spoke to him and said, I heard Hezekiah praying over there. Go back and tell him I've extended his life. Lord, you're still that God. We still ask for your divine mercy. But even if not, Lord, no matter how you do it, we're going to serve you with all our hearts. We'll preach this glorious gospel and declare Jesus Christ the same. In Jesus' name. Lord, you see these two men. Brother Trium going blind. Ernest Scotsman with cancer. God, meet the needs of these men. They're your children crying out. I don't know them, but they reached out. Lord, they I don't have nothing magic to send them. I just have your word. And it's more than magic. It's creative. We've seen it create new cells in cancer patients. 
We've seen it open up the eyes of the blind, Lord. Just in one sweep, you moved over, and the blindness of my wife's eyes was restored. Lord, you're still God. You're still God, and we're still your people, and our prayers are still effective. And we pray the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous because we know it avails much. And I send this today, taking it from my body through this prayer now to South Africa. And for the needs of your people, Lord, that lifted their hands everywhere, meet them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All things are possible because we only believe. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. As you know, I've been using a timer, and I just now started it. Amen. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. How many believes we're in the hour of his appearing? I don't think this is future. I think right now even, even though it is future, but yet at the same time it's present. Amen. First John 4 and verse 4, the scripture is so full of so many wonderful things here. Now, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Today, I'm going to speak on the book of Acts continues. Hallelujah. Timothy didn't know what I was preaching on, so he brought me out on the New Testament church rising up. Amen. Now, as we are looking at this, God has ordained a people to be a book of Acts church. As we remember Brother Branham telling us that Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. That's why we can call this a continuation or the book of Acts continues. And then he says that the book of Revelation, on the other hand, it exposes um, the Antichrist spirit that would come into the church and defile it and making it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. Now, when we talk about the Acts of the Holy Spirit or the Acts of the Apostles, rather the book of Acts, it is not the Acts of her failures that we are going to repeat. Because I want to just remind you that we are a people who are predestinated not to fall. Now, we know the early church would have to go down into the ground because they were a sea church that could have been raptured. But God having something better things, more names in the book to be manifested on the earth, knowing that there would seven church ages follow, that there would be 2,000 years of Gentile dispensation. That God, knowing all of these things, that, that um, he, he would plant that church for a future crop Amen. where that it would come back to seed again. 
And so, again, we are, we're not a book of acts of her failures. We are not the acts of her ignorant deeds. We are not the acts of divisiveness over Jewish traditions. Nor are we the acts of arguments over doctrine. Nor are we the acts of petty human rivalry. Now, that is not the book of Acts Church. Amen. That is the book of human failures. It's the acts of human failures. The book of Acts is called that because it is the acts of the Holy Spirit working in power in the church. Can you say amen? Now, God has ordained a people to have the book of Acts of power and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. As Brother Brandon would tell us uh, again in the church age book, and if the church is the true church, it will have the very same spirit and word and acts of power that they had at Pentecost. By experience, it will be a Pentecostal church. And there will be tongues and interpretation and prophecy and healings. And God will be in the midst of her. And God will declare himself in the midst of her as he always has. Praise the Lord. Again, in the resume of the ages, he said, the people of God are being made ready by the word of God or the word of truth from the messenger to this age. In her will be the fullness of Pentecost. For the Spirit will bring the people right back to where they were at the beginning. That is, thus saith the Lord. How many believes in thus saith the Lord? Amen. Now, of course, we know that, as he told us again, that the Lutheran age did not restore the church. It started a reformation. The Wesleyan age, these ages beyond us, are past us there, which is the Methodist age with John Wesley. It did not restore the church. The Pentecostal age, we're talking about Azusa Street now, did not restore. But God has to restore, for he cannot deny his word. This is not the resurrection of the church. It is the restoration And God will bring or take the church right back to Pentecost of the beginning. Hallelujah. Now, I want to just bring out a few things today as we preface where I'm going today. In December of 1959, you know Brother Branham preached the Holy Ghost series. How many has ever heard it? Well, if you hadn't, you know, you need to hear what the, the Spirit has said to the church. But in in 1959 of December, he preached the Holy Ghost series at his church. He preached on what is the Holy Ghost. He preached what the Holy Ghost was given for. Then he had the unrecorded sermon of how how to receive the Holy Ghost. And finally, he had question and answers on the Holy Ghost. But in November, the month before, he was in San Jose, California, And he tells the group there about this coming revival that he's going to have at Branham Tabernacle. And he says, we're to leave home now right away. I've got a three days meeting there at my little church teaching them the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, signs and wonders to follow the believers and so forth of the people that's around in there. I believe in all the spiritual gifts. 
I believe in all the Bible. I am Pentecost from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, inside, outside, all around through. I am Pentecostal. Now, I just want to ask you the question, you know, what's Brother Branham just a hypocrite that want to placate and appease his audience, you know, there in San Jose? Was he just willingly trying to deceive them? You know, what kind of man do you think he was? What about his sermons when he preached the church ages? And this would be now a year later in December of 1960. And in the Laodicean church age, and how many believe that's our church age? Amen. Amen. Do you reckon the messenger knew what his message was? Do you think this message, messenger, had a message from God? That it was Jesus Christ speaking to this generation. Amen. You know, the one Jesus Christ saying, to the angel or the angelos or the messenger of Laodicea, write these things. God has something for this last age. Do you believe that? So he would, he would say in that message, a good pedigree horse, hey, he's gentle. Oh, he's good, I like him. He put his head on you, over your shoulders, love and kind. Why? He knows who his pappy is. He knows who his grandpappy is. He knows who his grandpappy's pappy was. Amen. He's, he can go plumb on back. He's pedigree. I like to see a pedigreed Christian. Not packing his letter. He was a Methodist last week and a Baptist this week and Pentecostal this week and Pilgrim Holiest next week. He don't know who his pappy is or his mammy is. But let me tell you, a man that is born of the Spirit of God can take you plumb back to the day of Pentecost, because he is a pedigreed Pentecostal. Amen. I want to be, listen to your prophet, I want to be Pentecost from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I don't mean denominational Pentecost. I mean the real power of the resurrected Christ, the real Pentecostal blessing. Now, I shouldn't have to make a disclaimer, but just just so that you know, make no mistake about it. I am not advocating at all to go back to Azusa Street. You cannot revive that, neither are we trying to. But we're talking about a restoration promise by Malachi 4. Amen. And Malachi 4, Brother Branham tells us over and over again, was to turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the Pentecostal fathers. In the message of shame in 1965, you know, in Jeffersonville, he would say, notice today if somebody says, um, are you a Christian? Oh, it's a popular thing to say. Oh, I'm a Christian, see. But then he says, but do you believe the word of God? Oh, yeah, Brother Tim, we believe the message. Yes, sir. We got the mysteries down. We got all the truths. We... Listen to what he asked. When, but do you believe the word of God where it said, these signs shall follow them that believe? Oh, even ministers' faces will, will blush. See? Oh, are you ashamed to say, say of divine healing? Are you ashamed of the full gospel? Are you ashamed of your Pentecostal experience? 
that 99% of message believers have never had. That's being ashamed of his word. That's his word made flesh in you. Remember, he tells us in visible union that the only kind that the word can bring forth is those tongue-speaking Acts 2.38 blabbering, screaming children. Amen. Now, he tells us in the church age book that the true church will always try to be like the original at Pentecost. And if there's anything we are aiming for, it is not to die. It is not to die with the cycle of revival and death. It is to go back to life again, to break the cycle of revival and death. Because every age would have its revival and they would die. And we see them dying everywhere. But I'm going to tell you, there's somebody going to be alive and remain at the coming of the Lord. There's somebody going to be an overcomer in this hour. Hallelujah. There's somebody will break the cycle. There's somebody going to believe the word. Might as well be me. Hallelujah. The true church will always try to be like the original at Pentecost. I want to know, what is our church's aiming toward? What are we trying to be like? What is it our goal? What is is it that we're, we're aiming? What do we want to be like? The true church will always try to be like the original at Pentecost. The true church of today will try to approximate that early first ones. And the messengers to the churches having the same spirit of God in them will try to approximate the apostle Paul. I wonder if our messengers succeeded or not. I tell you, when he went beyond the curtain, they told him, now you just, you preached what Paul preached. Amen. So if our messenger approximated the apostle Paul, amen, then his church has got to approximate, amen, the early first one, if she's the church. It looks like there ought to be a church somewhere that matched her messenger. Hallelujah. There's got to be a people that matches the word. Hallelujah, that you can say we're bone of his bone, we're flesh of his flesh, we're life of his life, we're power of his power. But too often we find Christ is missing. The anointing is gone. Well, Brother Tim, there's not supposed to be revival now. Well, that's true of the healing revival of the 40s and the 50s. Even by the time Brother Branham left, it was gasping its last breath. But that's not true of the bride's revival. But, oh, yes, but Brother Tim, just quieten down. It's a word revival. And, and word, word revival is just word. It's word. It's word. It's word. You mean powerless and meaningless, dead lectures. Amen. Let me tell you what a word revival does. As Brother Brandon said again in the church age book, it is a fact 
that the prophet for the last days must be bringing forth a message from God that will forerun the second coming of the Lord. And remember, remember, he comes and shout voice and trump. Somebody help me preach. So there is the shout in the prophet form bringing the word. There is a voice that must be in the bride because she must prophesy again and become the voice of the written word and the spoken word. And then there's the trump of God where we're ascended on high. But watch now. He says, a message that would forerun. Did you know Brother Brandon said, my mission, I believe, is forerun a coming word, which is Christ. Is that right? Then he tells us that it would be, he would forerun a bride. Spoken words, original seed. He foreruns a bride. So you see, he, listen, he has to come in bride form before he can come in groom form. We want the meeting in there. How many wants it? But the only way it'll ever be is for his bride to step into the word that has been spoken of them. There's no other way. Now, again, let me see if I can get through this quote for you. It is a fact the prophet for this last age must be bringing forth a message from God that will forerun the second coming of the Lord. For by his message will the hearts of the children be turned back to the Pentecostal fathers And with the restoration of the word will come the restoration of the power. So if it's word, 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 it has to have power, 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 power. It cannot be a dead lecture. It's got to be alive. Now, if it is divine revelation, and people say, well, Brother Tim, we don't have signs and wonders, but we got revelation, brother. We got revelation above everybody. We're, we're so revelated. Well, here's what true revelation will do. Satan knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for, and that she can do, she can do, she can do the greater works. She will be an invincible army. Hallelujah. That's what true revelation will do. It'll be a revelation of the power of God. It won't be dead teaching. It'll be alive with power. They can get the true revelation. Amen of the two spirits within the framework of the Christian church and by God's spirit, discern and withstand, discern and withstand the Antichrist spirit. Satan will be powerless before. 
too often Christ is missing. The anointing is gone. No shout of the king even in the midst. Brother Branham told us from the beginning it wasn't so. And you can trace this whole concept and thought all the way to the end. Because I did. But he says, what do you find among our kindreds? Go among the Baptists, the Methodists, Presbyterian, and so forth. And, and he says, see if you find it. You don't find him among our kinfolks like that. That's the only way you, you find him is the way Mary and Joseph found him, where they left him. And that's where you find him. Where'd they leave him? At the Pentecostal feast. Hallelujah. That's where the church will find him again. Go back to the feast of Pentecost. Go back to the pouring out of the Holy Ghost. There you will find the power of the Almighty God. You'll find the risen Christ. You'll find signs and wonders of him. Just exactly like he said it would be. Go back to where, where, where you found him. Go back to the beginning. Jesus said at the beginning. And he's preaching at the beginning. It wasn't so. John 15, chapter, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Now the first branch that came out of that vine, they wrote a book of Acts after it. They had the power to heal. They had to spoke with tongues. They interpreted. They had visions, prophets, power. They done signs that Jesus did. And if that first branch come out of that vine was that kind of a branch, the next branch will bear the same, and every branch it bears will be the same branch. Amen. If we say we are the church of God, then we'll bear record of the first branch. Heals the vine. If you're growing grapes and your first bunch of branches produce grapes, your second branch will produce grapes. Your third branch will produce grapes. Every branch the trees bear will produce grapes. And if the church of the living God that Jesus Christ set up, I said, we Methodists want to think that's our church. We Baptists want to think it's ours. We Pentecostals want to think it's ours. We Catholics think it's ours. Let it be what it may be. But if we are in that branch, we have the same fruits they have. You can't get pumpkins off of a grapevine. The vine of Jesus Christ will produce the life of Jesus Christ. For he is the life that is in the vine, and we are the branches. The first branch that came forth was a Pentecostal branch, filled with Pentecostal power. So the impact of the Holy Ghost, they staggered under the impact of the power of God. They went forth and saw visions, performed miracles, opened the eyes of the blind, healed the sick, joy was in the camp. They prayed in one accord and all of them together and the building shook where they were assembled. Show me a church doing that today. Even the Pentecostals are getting so dry, they have a little, why they have a little ceremonial prayer. What we need is a prayer meeting that will shake the shingles off the top of the house and bring God back in the church again. It wasn't so from the beginning. All these creeds and cold, formal, ritualistic, and all these different things, it wasn't so from the beginning. Jesus set up a church and said, these signs shall follow them that believe. That was the beginning. That's what happened in the beginning. If he was here on earth today, he would not endorse our creeds. And our things we're doing, I would say that, you know, creed means I believe. 
There's many things that are being professed around in churches today. Even message churches, Jesus Christ would not endorse and Brother Branham would never recognize as being his message. Amen. He said he would not endorse our creeds and things we're doing. He would say it wasn't so from the beginning. Jesus said in the beginning, the works that I do shall you do also. That's the way it was in the beginning. What kind of a works did he do at the beginning? The same works that he's doing now. What kind of church did he have at the beginning? A church that was filled with the Spirit, that healed the sick, prophesied great signs and wonders. They weren't ashamed of their religion. Hello. Amen. They shouted and danced under the Spirit like drunk men. They had cloven tongues like fire that set upon them. They've done signs and wonders and exploits followed them. That was the kind it was at the beginning. That's the kind it'll be in the middle. That's the kind it'll be at the last. And you say, well, my church don't teach that. It wasn't so from the beginning. You say, I'm a Methodist. It wasn't so from the beginning. You say, I'm Baptist. It wasn't so from the beginning. I'm Lutheran. It wasn't so from the beginning. They were baptized saints of God with the Holy Ghost. That's what the beginning was, signs and wonders. You say, my church don't believe in it. It wasn't so from the beginning. My church don't see, believe in seeing vision. It wasn't so from the beginning. Amen. My church says days of miracles have passed. It wasn't so from the beginning. My church don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't so from the beginning. I tell you, God wants a people that is consecrated by the power of God that has surrendered their intellectuals and let God come in and take over and give a new birth. Let's go back to the beginning. If we want to see the sick healed, we want to see signs and wonders of the living Christ, go back to the beginning where we left him, and we left him at the Pentecostal feast. We've been wandering around 2,000 years, Gentile church ages, but there's a people coming back to the beginning. Hallelujah. Amen. Bring us back, back to a living faith and a living God with a living presence ever with us to the end of the world. Now, you see, again, this is what I call, I don't care, you know, what you are. I don't care what ism you've been in, whether you're Perugia or whether you're Seven Thunder, Coleman's version, whether you're, whether you're this or that or two, two lords or, or whatever you are. Go back to the beginning. Take it back to what Paul preached. Amen. You won't find two lords. Come on. You you won't find some some idea of, oh, he's already come, but we don't know where he's at. You you won't find some that he's just hearing some word form that, that is powerless because it's really not word, it's intellectual. Word has power in it. By the word, he created a word. Put things into existence. That's what the word does. Hallelujah. Oh, mine. I tell you what, this, this is wonderful. You say, Brother Tim, that was, what was that, 1960 maybe? That was before the seals. You know, 
Oh, okay, United Timeman sign, 1963, August 18th. What did he say in Malachi 4 would restore? Restore back the original Pentecostal faith. Back to the people with the same, not different, the same Pentecostal message, the same Pentecostal sign, the same Pentecostal evidence, the same God, same power, same teaching, everything exactly with the vindication of the same pillar of fire that struck Paul, Paul down on the road down to Damascus is among us today doing the same thing he did in that day. That's what you're united with. Now, I want to remind you, Brother Branham saw the church in a vision. He saw it start out in the beginning, a virgin, walking with the word, holy, neatly dressed, beautiful group of women, you know, marching to the tune of onward Christian songs. Then it wasn't long till they began to march to the beat of another drummer. Some modern day something, another Rock and roll stuff. Amen. You say, well, Brother Tim, I, I don't hear no rock and roll in that church. They could be rocking and rolling to some modern day beat that Jesus Christ isn't the same or he's not here the way he was with Brother Branham or we're not in the season for miracles. That ain't nothing but, uh, but just backslidden beat of the devil the wrong kind of music I'm going to tell you when the seals were open the bride sung a new song hallelujah saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals and thou hast made us to our God kings and priests it didn't make us backslidden pew warming Just churchgoers, memberships, belonging to a church society. It well, let me tell you, the true gospel produces old-fashioned, born-again, Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Come on. Amen. You say, well, Brother Tim, what are you trying to do? Get us all to speak in tongues. Well, Paul said, forbid not speaking in tongues. Amen. It wouldn't hurt for you to have that experience. Brother Bram said if you laid under the altar of God long enough, you would sooner or later. Amen. If you just get under the altar of God. Amen. He also told us despise not prophesying, despise not speaking in tongues. Why are we despising it? No, it's not the evidence. No, it's not the initial evidence. It does. It is an evidence of the Holy Ghost. But it's not the evidence. But it does. You know, the Holy Ghost does speak with genuine tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just punched the button on the radio today and heard a preacher. Preacher come on and he said, you're down at Ziglag and God's Gonna restore everything. And I couldn't help it. I started speaking in tongues. We're miles down the road. Hallelujah. 
Let me tell you, if you've been out of line, that don't mean you're not bride. The bride got out of step. But the prophet's voice screamed out, get back in line. Get back in line. I'm using that prophet's voice saying, get back in line. Get back in step with the message. You walk to the tune of all these other false doctors. We're walking that way. Start walking in tune with the word. So he said, I watched her come down. I saw it changed. I saw Miss America. I saw the Church of America. I saw that backslidden group naked, stripped. There's no Holy Ghost, no power of God, no gifts of the Spirit. We despise prophecy. We despise speaking in tongues. That's the Church of America. I saw her, and he said, is this what my message produced? And he said, I just about fainted. And about that time, I heard that same music coming again. And I heard him say, the bride will come back in preview again. Lord of God, I've done been seen. I've been seen in a vision. Walking in step with the word. Hallelujah. Listen to him. He said, and when she walked by, she was exactly like the first one in the first place, walking to the step of the music of God's word, marching on. And I stood with my hands up crying like that, came myself on the step, on the porch out there looking across the field. What? She is to be the same bride, the same kind, built out of the same kind of material that she was in the first place. Now read Malachi 4 and see if we're not supposed to have a message in the last day that had turned the hearts of the children back to the fathers. How close, Brother Tim? Back to the original Pentecostal message, word by word. Then he says, brothers, we are here. And I want to echo that this morning. We are here. This is where we're at. Now what ought the bride of Christ be doing? Just what ought? We've seen 60 plus years of kingdom building. That removes the power of God from people. and Made pastors dictators. What has all these years of teaching done when we should have had preaching? Demonstrating the gospel. So, Brother Tim, you teach. When I taught, my wife received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And in that same service, our first elected deacon, Brother Jerome Butts, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There was no dry word. It was the power of God demonstrated. God of this evil age, Brother Branham, tells us where we should be and what we have let happen. And we've let it happen again. Because the cycle of revival and death never 
ceases. Never dies. Goes right down. Revive them down into death. But God's going to have somebody to break the cycle. How do you know that? Because he said, I'll have a bride without spot or wrinkle. Because he said, of them that alive and remain. Now, she has caused the whole church to accept the scientific leadership of the educational program. And that's what we've had, educational program, educating. Oh, these Greek words and this and that and the other. And we got this. And brother, you better be saying this right. And oh, now we're going to introduce another Greek word this week. And, you know, we just got forms of doctrine and whatever. Satan has given her under a name of a church the leadership of an educational scientific program. I'm picturing to you the God of this world. When she as Eve had the very filling of God's word in her hand, she could have took God's word. But what did she do to that? Instead of tarrying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, let science prove to her the Holy Ghost was only for the disciples. Instead of keeping divine healing going, when she ought to be now raising the dead and doing great miracles, she has let Satan, under his leadership of religious man, take the word of God and try to say that it was for another age and they have believed it. Now what ought the church be doing? Not only should it be the book of Acts, be our example of Holy Ghost power. It should be our textbook. Amen. You know, it should be, it should be the, uh, our textbook because it defines the triumphs of the name of Jesus. The acts of the Holy Ghost. The disciples in the book of Acts had authority that was granted to them from heaven. That was conferred on them by Jesus Christ himself. Amen. They were endued with power from on high. These men, after receiving the Holy Ghost, they didn't wait on the squeeze of persecution to come and to give them power. You know why? That would make God tomorrow, but not God today. First of all, if the squeeze of persecution brings faith for a rapture and the works of God then the dark ages should have been raptured with that brutal persecution. And if so, then that would have been the thing that would have started the rapture in faith for the going away, if persecution can do it. Second, I'm fully aware that Brother Branham pondered and, and, um, and surmised that the third pull of his ministry would be manifested during a squeeze or but. At the Feast of the Trumpets, he turns a corner. As Joshua, he's given division of the land. You know, certain parts, we don't fulfill all the parts of the Bible. There is a whore in the book of Revelation that we we will not fulfill. There is a foolish virgin, a multitude without number in the tribulation we will not fulfill. There is 144,000. That, uh, that are to the Jews. And, and, and they will fulfill that. Not us. So you, want, you got to know, you know, your borders of your land. 
because the land is big. You know, there's land for Moab. There's land over here for Esau. Come on, Esau is also a seed of Abraham. There's land for the Ishmaelites. There's land for the Moabites. This children of Lot. They, they also are coming down and receiving blessings. Somebody with me? Amen. But then, but then there's the seed of Abraham. And what land are they given? And he, when they went into the land, he said, don't you try to take Esau's portion. It's not yours. Don't possess it. I won't bless you there. Don't try to take these others. That is not your land. I will define your borders. And Joshua was given from the, the definition of the borders where that it goes. And he was given the landmarks. Now, God sent in this day a prophetic ministry, and it would also be as a Joshua. I know Joe Coleman thought he was the Joshua. You know, that's going to bring us into, into a, higher, a higher order and all of that. These are liars. He didn't, bring into, he didn't bring into a higher order. He took them back in the depths of sin and unbelief. I, I don't mean to be ugly. I, I'm speaking truthful. And sometimes you just have to talk truth. And so, you know, again, you know, there was, let me just say in that, you know, when there was no other man in this day that I'm aware of that the Bible comes down out of heaven and the page is turning, and as the page is turning, it turns to Joshua chapter 1. And as it does, a finger goes down from verse 1 down through about verse 9, saying, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. You know, don't, be, don't fail, don't be discouraged. Amen. Be of good courage, for I have given you the land. If there was anybody that we should recognize as, as being the Joshua to give us the definitions of the border of the land, it should be the prophet of Malachi 4, who was not only Elijah, but he was also the Joshua to place us in our inheritance. And there at the Feast of the Trumpet, you know, Brother Branham turns a corner. He said, you know, it was revealed to him those trumpets were to the Jews and they received their persecution in a physical, literal manner to drive them back to their homeland while the bride, spiritual Israel, receives theirs in an ecclesiastical manner. Woo, that's from the pulpit. People beat from the pulpit. People killed from the pulpit. People burn up in furnaces at the pulpit. A holocaust from the pulpit. Ecclesiastical. And so have we been beat and abused and imprisoned and many are dead from false ecclesiastical attacks from the pulpit against the moving of the Holy Spirit with false apostles and false teachers rising up claiming greater revelation than the prophet, some deifying Brother Branham and others denying the deity of Jesus Christ. What an awful evil spirit. So until they're so confused when with such blind, with double vision, that they have two lords and two Jehovah's and two Jesus's. What kind of confusion is that? 
I tell you what, you need some eye salve that only Malachi 4, the seventh angel, can bring to put in your eyes. As I preach this, I'm not in any way saying I'm the only pebble on the beach. Listen, you don't ever have to even hear the name of Tim Pruitt to be saved or going to rapture. You got to know Jesus. Amen. I'm not trying to build a kingdom here. I'm trying to point you to Christ. But let me just say, neither. If you have seat belts on, it might get kind of stormy on this plane ride. We might have some turbulence here. Might upset some of you. Neither did the disciples wait on a third pull to come so they could have power. Unless, let me qualify that. Unless the third pull pulled them into Christ, that pulled them into Christ was justification, and another pull into sanctification, and then the third pull happens in the soul with the realm of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, because that's where you receive power. Only there with the baptism of the Holy Ghost does the third pull work. And in case you think I'm way out of line, go listen to, there is a man here that can turn on the light. Brother Branham uses this analogy. And as for waiting on the third pull, I want to declare to you it's already come. In fact, it's here. Not coming. It's here. It is now. You know why? Because God's word is always now. It was manifested five different times where the word was showed in its power was speaking creation, squirrels. Speaking life, resurrection life, little fish. Speaking healing, Sister Branham. Speaking salvation, Hattie Wright. Amen. By the way, that still works. There's many a time as I spoke the word, as I preached, souls ran to the altar and had the same experience that he talked about Hattie Wright's children having. I want to tell you, every child of God who has been born again by the Holy Ghost has had a spoken word experience. Peter said you are born not of corruptible seed, but of the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. My birth is a spoken word birth. Not my physical one, my spiritual one. And then finally, speaking to storms, which changes atmospheres. Now that shows the power of the speaking the word that was given to us as a sword, which would just fit Brother Branham's hand. Because that message is our message, and that sword is our sword. Now the third pull, Brother Branham actually talks about it in a past sense, tense sense, and, and as just before he leaves the scene and the anointed ones of the end time. He said the first pull was healing, the second pull prophesying, third pull the opening of the word. The mysteries revealed. No more, there's no more higher order to reveal the word than prophets, but the only way a prophet can be vindicated is by the word. And remember, the third pull was... 
the opening of them seven seals to reveal the hidden truth that's been sealed in the word. So you see, the third pull has already come. It opened up the word. It took the, the seals off the book and opened the land to us. That was the third phase of Brother Branham's ministry. And no, we're not in the first pull where the sign's in the hand. We are not in the second pull where there's prophesying discerning the hearts. We are in the third pull, which is the opening of the word. The seven seals opening up the mysteries of the word, wiping out the debt against us. So all the false doctrines and the liens that was against us was removed from the title so that you have received the same open book that Paul had. Which brings us, I know sometimes you say, Brother Jim, this goes way over my head. I've got to preach it to you. Get it, maybe. Sometimes I just need to sit down with some of you one-on-one. Just find out where you're missing it at. This is not hard. This is not rocket science. This is the Word of God. And that opens us up to exactly where Paul was where he says, we are now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where we're Uh, The Middle Ages didn't have. The bride is at the beginning. It's the bride at the end. You say, there's no more intercessor. There's nobody has an intercessor like us. Now, let me just go on. Neither did they wait on some future adoption were that they would finally get enough faith to believe. Oh, we'll grow up one day, Brother Tim. You know, look, we just can't overcome all this sin and that stuff. And, you know, we just add our faith and virtue and knowledge and temperance. And I mean, you know, we got to grow up. And this is what's the matter with our churches, Brother Tim. You know, it's just that they're immature. And, and you know, they ain't grown up. They're, they got the Holy Ghost. And, you know, they've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. But they just can't overcome their, uh, you know, they drink a little wine, wine here. And they won't attend church none. And, you know, they just, um, you know, I, I tell you what, they, they just um, struggle with, with sex sins. And I, I just tell my church, you know, Brother Tim, I just tell them, you know, you've you got to let the, the, the word abide in you richly. And you're just not letting him abide. And, you know, I, I got, you know, we got to have some, you're all right. You're all right, brother. You know, sister, you're all right. You, you just need to grow up a little bit. But one day. One day we're going to get this um, adoption and we'll, uh, we'll be adopted sons then and the devil will have to hide from us then. But now we're kind of cowered around in the corner when cancer comes. Hello. Amen. The disciples, the book of Acts church, didn't wait on some future adoption where they'd get faith enough to believe. That faith was born in them by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. These are just excuses. 
We got to wait till the squeeze comes. We got to wait till the bride comes into power. We got to wait until we got to wait until we're mature enough. We got to grow up. We're just immature now. It's just not the season, you know, because we're I mean, nobody's got the faith. This is kind of unbelief being preached. It's worse than Alexander Campbell with the Church of Christ, because they're using quotes to try to make it happen. Let me just tell you, my brother, the apostles didn't make excuses. Oh, we are too immature, but one day we're, when we are mature, or we're waiting on adoption. Let me stop for a minute. Again, you know, that, that's it. We, we got the Holy Ghost. We got it when we believed the Word, you know, and so we didn't really know it. We just believed the Word, and we, we just believed we got it. And so, because we accepted the message. And because we believe God sent a prophet and it's the revelation. And I, I accept this revelation. Well, I now have the Holy Ghost. You know, because uh, the Holy Ghost will believe the word. You know, and it's say amen. It's amen. Amen. It's right. That's right. That's right. I, I don't understand that. I have no idea what you're talking about. But amen. Because I got the Holy Ghost. Oh, and I can't live, right? But uh, one day I'll get adopted. One day I'll be, one day. I remember it was 1985. And yeah, I don't know. My, my genealogy says I got a little Cherokee in me and I must have pulled up the hatchet. <laughs> but it was late eight, uh, 1984. I went to a Tucson meeting and there I watched a man, you know, that was put up there because he had some money and he could talk because he had some money and he was doing scams and he wound up, you know, wound up um, being put in prison for it. And he had some cohorts there with him, two of them. That was, um, well, there was actually three. There was a fellow by the name of Ernie Villanueva. The other was Ron Nardone and the other was Arnie Marcioni. And Arnie got up in that meeting and he said, well, praise God, I got the Holy Ghost. He said, I tell you, I got the Holy Ghost here. You know, I know I've been baptized because I've received the message, I'll tell you. But, you know, i got this little problem with smoking, and I really can't, I really can't. You know, one day, God will just take it from me. One day, I'll just get my faith, and it. it'll just get, you know, it'll just go away. But I got the Holy Ghost. Praise God, I got it. He's making witness like that. Why, when I witnessed Ernie here, <laughs> you know, I tell you, he was in the full gospel businessmen meeting, and I sat down with him at a table. I thought I would help him out a little bit because what he said sounded like eagle food. And he said, so I, I said to him, what are you? He said, well, I'm UPC. And, I, and Ernie developed the way, but said, yeah, I'm UPC. And he said, well, do you know God sent a prophet? No, I didn't know God sent a prophet. Well, he got to trying to talk to him. He couldn't explain it. You know, he got his words all tangled, tangled up, and, you know, Ernie just kept putting him in his, you know, putting him down, putting him down, use the scripture, and that scripture, and Ernie gets all, you know, upset. He said, just, 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 just a minute. He walks out the door, goes outside, grabs him a joint of marijuana. He smokes his marijuana. Oh, he's anointed now. He walks back in, and he, he's on fire now. 
And he sits right there and he said, all right, God sent a prophet. And here's his message. And I'm going to give you a bunch of books. Well, Ernie took him and said, well, maybe I can help this poor guy. But my goodness, he, you know, he thinks he's anointed because he got a joint. <laughs> Ain't that awful that we have to get a joint of marijuana to get anointed? So, it was in June of 1985. Let me, let me just tell you. So, anyway, you know, he gave this book, these parcel of books. This is their testimony. Gave this parcel of books. Or gave a few books to, to um, Ernie. And Ernie read them and he said, well, man, this is good stuff. He said, where'd you get this? He said, you like it? I can bring you more. And he brought him boxes. He went to, he was taking a little vacation, and our brother Ernie started reading it. He read one, read another, read another, read another, read another, read another. By the time he read it, he was convinced the message was true. I was preaching a meeting in 1985 to the youth camp, an Ohio youth camp. And they asked me to come along with them for lunch. Well, I'd already heard their testimony in Tucson. It didn't bide well with me. And as we was riding along, you know, they were going to, the, to a restaurant. They were staying in the home of a Greek man who owned a Greek restaurant, and he, it was rich. I mean, you know, he had this beautiful, elaborate, this beautiful, elaborate uh, restaurant, and they fed us a nice meal, and, you know, I'm preaching all the way. I'm getting every word I can to Ernie, Arnie, and Ron, these three men. I'm getting every word I can. I go to telling them Ezekiel 36, 26. I go tell them about a new heart and a new spirit and my spirit. And I tell them you might have got my spirit, you might have got a new spirit of I want to do right. You might have got it where your intellect says that the word is true. You might have got a new heart where you desire, have a new desire and want to do right. And there's some of you sitting in that condition today, but you'll go to hell. You'll miss the rapture if you don't get the Holy Ghost. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. But there, as I talked to them, I said, but, I said, there's something you're missing. You cannot have the Holy Ghost and still smoking, aren't you? You cannot have the Holy Ghost and get anointed with marijuana. You cannot have the Holy Ghost and you're still sipping wine with your competitors or your businessmen. You cannot live that kind of life and have the Holy Ghost, Arnie. I don't care how much you got the Holy You claim to have it, you don't have it. I don't care how much you believe the Word, you don't have it. We went from that restaurant into a place to the Greek people's home. We got there in a den or living room one, most exquisite furniture I ever seen, most beautiful house I hadn't seen one like today. It was ornate, it was beautiful, great furniture. Them, them men, we sat down on the couch, we were having a drink of water for, for a refreshment or some, maybe some coffee or something, and here I am and I'm still preaching. New heart, 
new spirit, my spirit. And when my spirit comes, he'll cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgment and do them. It won't be you trying anymore. It'll be the law of God written in your heart. You won't have to work at it anymore. You won't have to try to be good. You'll hate sin and you'll love righteousness because I'll write it in your nature and I'll write it in your life. And the Holy Spirit fell in that place there. And I'll tell you, them men began to cry and weep and snot all over that exquisite furniture. And I'm saying, oh my, but I'm still praying for them. Amen. And I got got Ernie Ernie Villanueva by the neck to the nap of the neck. And I said, this man has been a Pentecostal, but he needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I got a hold of him until God got a hold of him. Hallelujah. It changed his life forever. It changed Arnie Marcioni forever. It took away cigarette, marijuana, sin, everything else. It made a new creature out of him. Hallelujah. That's the power of the book of Acts. That's the power of this word. That's the power of deliverance. You don't have to take second best. Amen. You can have every promise that God gave. You can have a third pole experience where you're baptized with the Holy Ghost and you receive power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just worship him a minute. Come on, just give him praise just a moment. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. It shall be light in the evening time. Hallelujah. I'll pour out my spirit upon my flesh. My sons and my daughters, they will prophesy. Amen. It's God's word is his promise. I will restore, saith the Lord. Amen. He'll restore health. He'll restore. Amen. He's a restorer. He'll restore my wife. He's restored. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You think that's out of order a little bit? Just go listen to this day. The scriptures fulfilled. They had to do the same thing there. Amen. God bless you. you. Can be seated now. I still got a little more time here on the clock. Hallelujah. Now, so as I said, neither did they wait on some future adoption when they would finally get enough faith to believe. That faith was born in them by the Holy Ghost. So I'm just saying, brothers, out there, as you're listening to me, don't make excuses. The apostles didn't make excuses that we're too immature, but one day we'll be, when we are mature, one day when we're waiting on adoption or persecution or squeeze will make us believe 
That's Catholicism. If you think you're going to have to pay for something to get this faith, by doing some kind of penance, going through some time of persecution, then you're a Catholic in your faith. Brother Branham told us, and thou knowest all things, he says, Ephesians 4.30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God where you're sealed to the day of redemption. How many can say that's me? Let the devil kick you around. That's the trouble of it today. Another Christian person sitting there sick. If they only knew they were sons and daughters of God now living with Christ. No, you will be. Now you are the sons of God. You got the full Pentecostal blessing. The day of Pentecost fully come uh, 1,900 years ago and never left and never will till Jesus comes. Now is the hour. Now is the time. Now is the accepted hour. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is when healing is supposed to be. Now is when miracles take place. Now is when Christ is revealing himself. Here we are now, not in the future. The devil keeps pushing it off. That's Catholicism. Now is the day, this is the hour, this is the time, this is the place. Right now, this is the day. Now, all the preachers have made excuses for where there is no power, no gifts. The real reason is because of dead sermons, and dead sermons kill. So, well, we're preaching doctrine, Brother Tim. So, you know, we're, we're teaching doctrine. Well, Jesus' doctrine was a lot different from the Pharisees. And our doctrine should be a lot different from denominations. Are you with me? Because Mark 1.27 says that the, that says the people that heard him exclaimed, What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. So if we're preaching the doctrine of Jesus, Amen. It is a doctrine with authority over devils. Sickness, disease, sin. You know what, Brother Tim, you're, you're really too shallow. You know, you just, you just preach faith. You're just so shallow, that's all you do. Just preach faith, faith, faith. There's nothing deep about it. Well, I'll tell you, you've got to preach faith to have faith. Amen. And faith is of great necessity because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And besides that, whatsoever is not of faith is a sin. Amen. So I'd love rather be preaching faith to you than unbelief. Uh-huh. Amen. Because you're one doing one another. You're either preaching faith or doubt. Amen. The disciples had received power, we know, and authority after the Holy Ghost was given to them and they would act in his name. The first recorded use of that authority was with authoritative words from that Peter used to command the lame man to walk. And, and that, when he rose up and walked, that moved the city. It shook Jerusalem, but it showed that that name has power. And that his children have the right to use that man. Notice what he did. It showed they were the children of God. It showed they had the right to use that name. And it showed that that name had power in it. Now, Peter used his authority and the power of that name to strike a man or a woman dead for lying. 
there was awesome power in that name. There was power to heal, power to slay, power to rise up, and power to cast down. Amen. Now you think that's only history. That only happened back then. Brother Branham in his last words to the messenger to this age in the message communion said, the hour will soon arise when right among us will be the Holy Spirit will speak out like an Ananias and Sapphira. Remember that the hour is arriving. Now you just remember that, that God is going to dwell among his people. That's what he wants to do now. Amen. Now, Paul, he, he caused blindness to come upon the opposers. He cast demons from the mediums. He was bit by a viper, and it did him no harm. The sick were healed. The dead were raised. And whole heathen cities came to know the unknown God. Jesus Christ. Amen. The gospel went everywhere in power. It was backed by the, by the power of the name. Aprons were touched by Paul that were laid on the sick and did the same mighty acts through as though Paul was there. The same happens today, you know. Amen. The same day Sister Lana was healed of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Amen. She went back to the next day. A new creation had taken place. Brand new sails. Totally new lungs. You say, Brother Tim, it's impossible for your wife to live. It ain't impossible for my God. New brain sails. Hallelujah. It only takes a moment. Only takes a moment. Just one moment in his presence. One moment. forever while we were going on that service and I was preaching on an extreme God doing a God doing extreme things you know there we were we prayed I prayed over a prayer cloth for a little preacher brother in South Africa he needed a job his wife had stage three rectal cancer I sent that in. We prayed over it that day. Sent it in the mail. There he received it in the name of Jesus. He got a job that had been waiting on him two years. Amen. He had a, his wife was healed of third stage cervical cancer, erectile cancer. He, he got a job. His wife was healed. And during the COVID outbreak last year, he took that same prayer cloth and went and drove 400 miles to lay on a dying brother gasping his last breath under a ventilator in a South African hospital, and he lives. Hallelujah, he lives. There's a little family right now listening to us from Australia. And listen, listen, I'm not their pastor, and I don't want to be. I'm not their, I'm not their, their leader. I don't want to be. I want to point them to Jesus Christ. But this little sister from Australia wrote a receiving a prayer cloth that we prayed over here and sent of a daughter who was so oppressed of the devil. 
Amen. She, and she wrote me back the other day and said, Brother Tim, my child is a different child. No more depression. No more anxiety. She communicates with us now. She is happy. And we can't ever remember her being so happy and free. What a mighty God we serve. Absolutely incredible. Thank you, Jesus. Those Book of Acts Christians were human, just like we are. They wasn't superhumans. They were humans just like me and you. Amen. They had passions like ours. They made mistakes like we do. They got rebuked, yet they wrought miracles by the authority given to them by a Holy Ghost birth. They were sons. They understood their sonship. They took authority over demons and diseases. Preachers were dangerous in that day. Amen. Christians had power to prove their claims. Amen. They pre- what they preached, they practiced. Amen. They delivered the goods. Their faith stood not in word only, but in demonstration and power. Miracles were the common order of the day. They were baptized with the same Holy Ghost, the same one that filled Jesus and gave him power. Amen. They were like their master. They didn't have empty doctrines. They didn't go and just pass out books and tapes, but their doctrine was more than word only. Amen. But with power and with demonstration of the Holy Ghost. It was was that alpha church then. Then why should not this omega church be the same? Come on, why would we be any different? If that's what the book of Acts did then, then why should the people of the book be any different? Every demon and angel is subject to the matchless name of Jesus. How many believes that? Amen. He gave us the power of authority to use his name. Amen. And his name is mighty. All All of our authority is based on his finished work. Come on, not what Brother Branham did, but what Jesus did at Calvary. Amen. And his authority is based on his finished work, but it's all encapsulated in his name. And by giving us the legal use of his name. Now get this. Get this. This is where we have come, where they have not denied his name. You got women today that they still want their, their, their maiden name. They want to include that. They, they want you to know there's something different than their husband. That's not the bride. Come on. Amen. No. You know, he gave us his legal name to use. You see, when I baptize, and I baptize Aaron Oglesby, I don't baptize him in the name of Oglesby Jesus. When I baptized Joe Adams, I didn't baptize him in the name of Adams Jesus. 
When you're married to Christ, you forget your past identity. And you accept his identity. And you say, the old life is dead. And I'm a new in Christ. And now the two have become one flesh under the same name. I'm getting you somewhere. So when you take on the name of Jesus, you have the same family name Jesus had. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. So all of our authority is enwrapped in his name. By giving us the legal use of this name, he has put omnipotence at our disposal in order that we can combat the satanic host. Amen. Now, here's how he defines our legal authority. We shall cast out demons. That means authority over demons in their relation to men. Cast them out of people's bodies, break their power over those bodies, over their minds, over their spirits, break their powers over, over our meetings. Amen. There have been many a times I've had to preach and break the devil's power first. Amen. Break the power over our homes, over our communities. I want to send a word to you in South Africa where rioting and looting and destruction has been going on and you're listening to me now. Hell cannot break out until the bride is lifted from the earth. There were pillars of fire in Acts chapter 2. There are pillars of fire in Acts chapter, uh, in Revelation chapter 10. So in the Alpha church, they were, there were pillars of fire. In the Omega church, there are pillars of fire. The anointing comes down, amen, upon the land and upon the sea, where two beast powers arises. One of them is the Roman power. And God, how many can testify? God gave us power over the Roman doctrines. He gave us power over her false trinity. He gave us power over her novenas and her saints and all the, the trinity, triune gods. He gave us power. He put our feet by giving us the pillar of fire. Each one of you have got your feet on the denominational spirit. Amen. And then this, come on, there's the land and the sea. So that was out of the sea, the multitude, nation, kindred, tongues, and people. That's symbology in the Bible. The land is where no people come out. America. That ecumenical spirit, we're all the same. We're just this rainbow color. We're just, you know, there's no black or white. There's just a pale horse. You see, you know, you're neither male nor female, and you can decide whatever you want to be because, you know, it's so mixed in the colors, and it's such a deceiving spirit, you know, and it's, it's neither black and it's not white, and you can be anything you want to be, and so here you are. American spirit, American idols, feminism rising up in power until we got a woman who is vice president, no doubt soon will be president. I saw her rising up royal purples. 
But I want to tell you, that beast that rises up out of America cannot come full power until a bride is lifted up into a rapture. Because as long as she is here, they are under our feet. Your very presence keeps the devil at bay and he cannot come into full power until the bride is lifted up. Then Satan comes down and has but a short time. But as long as we are here, he can't take over because there is a book of Acts church. Hallelujah. Because there is a people who know their God and who does exploit because there are people Feminine has no power over them. Amen. Political rams has no power over them. Amen. Homosexualism has no power over them. Amen. The, the pale heart has no power over them. Amen. Why? They are an eagle. They're anointed with an eagle to rise up, to fly up in the heavenlies where all things are possible to them that believe. I declare to you today, every devil is under your feet. I declare to you, sickness is under your feet. Sin is under your feet. Because you have been filled with a pillar of fire. Let the musicians come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The book of Acts continues. We go forth in his name. And nothing can stop us, not even death. Because if death comes, he will raise us up again. There is a New Testament church. And she's rising. She's not falling. She's not a part of the fallen world. She's a part of a rapturing bride. Hallelujah. Our combat's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers trying to keep us from our place, trying to convince you you're not worthy, trying to convince you that you're powerless and helpless. Now you are the sons of God. We are not powerless. We're not helpless. The devil is powerless. He cannot take my wife's life. He cannot take her life. God holds that in his hands. It's not even his decision whether she graduates or whether she continues days on the earth. The devil has no part in her. She didn't become eternal on April the 11th, 1976. She always was eternal. She can never die. Believest thou this? Yea, Lord, I believe that. You are the resurrection and the life. And even 
right now, Lord. Whatever you say, that's the way it'll be. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Just take a moment and worship him just a moment. Let your voice just go up to him. Let us be glad and rejoice now. He's God. He's God. He's God. If you're a sinner today, don't remain a sinner. There's a word can set you free. Get out of your pew right now and walk right down here. Come on, Hattie Wright's child. Come on. Amen. Come on, here's a prodigal. Coming right now. Hallelujah. I'll give you a new heart to the Spirit. And I'm going to put my spirit in you. And I'll tell you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgment and do them. Hallelujah. Jesus makes ever better now. In Jesus' name, Lord, I have spoken your word. You confirm it with signs following it right now in the name of Jesus. Take every sin and put it under the blood. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You don't think it can happen? Amen. There's a man right up here in the mezzanine. Couldn't quit drinking. Couldn't lay alcohol down. Come down to this altar and God has delivered him. You're still delivered, aren't you, brother? Still delivered. I've been three or four months ago. He still saves. He still delivers. It's going to overtake you. Hallelujah. 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 I want every person in here got a lost love and pray with this boy right now, just like it was for your children. Right now, you call on the name of the Lord, just like it was for your children. Amen. I don't mean necessarily you have to come down the altar right where you're at. You can pray and say, Lord, I'm claiming my child. I'm claiming my children. As I see you saving this one, I know you'll save another. Amen. I'm claiming it, Lord. I believe in you'll break ever better. Hallelujah. You're the restorer. You're the healer. You're the deliverer. Hallelujah. You're the mighty God. Now, Father, you said in my name they would cast out devils. You know the demons that had this man bound. I adjure you, Satan, take your hands off of him right now.
come out of him in Jesus' name. You've lost the battle, Satan. You gotta go in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit now burn out every sin, every chain of darkness, every bit of unbelief now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just pray like it was for your own child. Because yours is next. Yours is next. He's going to bring you back home, my children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. He can fill everyone with the Holy Ghost right now. Right there in your seat right now. Fill you with his presence. Seal you to the day of redemption. You won't have to question and wonder about it no more. Hallelujah. I'm making you believe it now. God has shown up. And God has shown up.
Oh
feel to do something. If you have a lost loved one, maybe they're even in the building. Don't be ashamed. I want us to come up here to the front. And let's just call on God for these needs, prodigals. Speak their name before the angel. He's here. Speak their name. Speak their name before him right now and say, Father, move, Jesus. Save Jesus. Yes, Lord. My son, my daughter, my loved one, Lord. They need you, Jesus. Save them, Lord. Whatever it takes, save them, Lord. Whatever you got to do, save them, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. God sent us a sign this morning. we can believe for our lost loved ones. He's still the same God with the same power. He can go to the darkest valleys. He can go wherever they're at. Lord, in this moment, we release the Holy Spirit to every prodigal, to every heart out there. Let the quickening power of the Holy Ghost fall upon their lives. It does not matter where they're at. It does not matter how bad it may seem. But may the angel touch them and the chains fall off of their lives. Lord, the church of the living God would pray for a man named Peter who was locked away in a jail, bound and guarded. And today, Lord, we pray for our lost loved ones. Drugs has them bound. Unbelief has them bound. Every spirit of hell has come around them. But the prayer of faith shall save them, shall bring them back to you, Lord. May the angel of God go to them and touch them and say, get up and go to the Father's house.
The word of God is against you, Satan. We as the children of God, we place our feet upon the promises. We take dominion over every sin and every situation. Oh 